In this episode, Carolyn Eppinghaus talks about how you can win with power in pickleball, even at the professional level. She also mentions an unusual method of tournament preparation that's important to her game. So we can hear more. Let's get to the intro. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Carolyn Ebbinghaus. Hello. It's great that you could join me today. And Carolyn, I know you have been playing pickleball for a while and even have a national championship under your belt. But before we get to that point, tell me a little bit about how you were introduced to pickleball and how you started playing tournaments. Well, about 12 years ago, I was a big tennis player in Traverse City. So I play a lot of tennis, and there's about four or five guys on the other side of the gymnasium at the YMCA playing this goofy game, right? So I finally thought, okay, I'm going to try that, and I tried playing it, and I liked it, and I've never played tennis and never looked back. So then I got uh, a bunch of people that were in Traverse City. They were going to tournaments, say, like in Kalamazoo or what have you, and I started traveling around a bit for that. And then I had the opportunity to go to the Nationals because my mother-in-law lived there. So it was a great place to go stay with her. And then I started playing. So I haven't, so I've been, so I went to the Nationals, U.S. Open, the state games. I don't do as many tournaments as I used to, but I did a lot back in the day. And you mentioned that you were a tennis player for many years, but once you started pickleball, you never looked back. No. Why was that? I just loved pickleball more. And obviously I started a business, Pickleball Outfitters, but I just liked the aspect of the game more than tennis. You could show up when you wanted, you could leave when you wanted, you didn't have to play for two straight hours with the same people. You mix it around. It was very social. It was a lot of fun. So that was it. I thought, well, I'm just going to keep playing pickleball and not play tennis anymore. (laughs) All righty. Well, you did have quite a bit of success at the national level with winning pickleball tournaments. Can you describe some of your accomplishments? Well, the first year I went to the nationals, I believe I got a gold in singles in my age group. And and then I've got silvers and bronze there as well. But I, I found as the years went on, it just got harder and harder because so many more people were coming into it. And so my level, I was a 5-0, then I went to a 4-5. Now I'm back up to a 5-0. But yeah, I just, I've done singles. I've done doubles with my sister, mixed doubles with a bunch of guys that the old, old timers that like Jim Hackenberg and people like that played against them actually. And so why now are you not playing as many tournaments as you did before? I can't say for sure, mostly traveling and the, and the COVID and just focusing on my work. And I have grandkids now, so I'm just like letting, I'm just kind of stepping down for a while. Yeah, there's certainly been lots of changes this year with COVID. How has mm-hmm. that impacted your game? And my game? Well, I, well, I teach a lot and I play a lot at the YMCA. And so obviously the YMCA has been closed for five months. Then we reopened and then I play just a little bit here and there outside. Obviously with uh, Michigan is weather dependent and now the Y is closed again. 
so we're done. We're closed up for another three weeks. And so I've not played as much as I normally do because the facilities are closed and we just can't play. And you had mentioned that at one point you moved down to a 4.5, but you made it back to a (laughs) 5.0 level. What did you do to get back up there? Well, okay, so I was a 5.0 from a long time ago. I mean, we're talking 12 years ago. And so obviously it's got harder and harder. And my sister and I would play. And sometimes when we go to the U.S. Open, we were playing 5.0s and it was just pretty tough. So I contacted the USAPA and I said, hey, can you just lower my sister and I look at our ratings? You know, we're just getting killed in the 5.0. So they did lower us or myself to the 4.5 in women's. So then they lowered me for the four or five in double, mixed doubles. And then last year, I won the 5-0 up here in the Traverse City, City Tournament. I won the gold. So next thing you know, next thing you know, I didn't even pay attention to it, really. Somebody walked in and said, hey, you're a 5-0 again. I go, oh, man, <laughs> it's just so hard. I'm proud of it, really. But it's just it's, it's pretty tough because there's so many great players now. Well, I, I was going to say congratulations, but now I'm not sure if I should. <laughs> I, know. I mean, I'm I'm happy about it, but and then I had told my my partner Dave Zawicki, I said, Dave, I go after this this tournament, I'm going to retire. I'm going to drop the mic and walk away. And sure enough, we we won the gold. And he's like, Aren't you going to play again? I go, Yeah, probably. Then of course the COVID hit, and so, but yeah, yeah. Who knows what's going to happen next with all with all that. Mm-mm. Yeah. Since you have had a lot of tournament success, even if you're not sure that you're going to be playing many more, <laughs> you know, you really do have a great background in that. What did you do for all of your tournament prep? How, how did you get ready? Well, practice for sure. My sister and I would just go out, especially like, say, when we go to the U.S. Open, there'd be no available courts. But if one opened up, we'd run out there and hit the ball. And then they had some practice fields and things like that. And that's, you just got to definitely play practice and get, you know, moving before the actual games. Plus I wear my lucky socks. (laughs) Okay. You got to tell me more about your lucky socks. (laughs) Uh, My socks never match. They're different colors. And I don't know why I just have done that for years. And I have, so people, I thought, well, they, you know, look down and see that my socks don't match them. They'll know I'm in a tournament. And I, <laughs> just something I am. Go, I never wear matching socks in a tournament. Do you remember you know, how that ritual started? No, I think I saw there's a there's a famous professional, I don't know if it was a football player or basketball player, someone else did that. <laughs> and I thought, oh, okay. I think it's just a diversion. So you don't, you know, just something to do for good luck. Yeah. Well, getting back to the game then, <laughs> what's how would you describe your style of play? I have a lot of power. I'm not a, I'm not a very good dinker. I can, you know, I'll try, but for the most part, I'm just, I'm a lot of power. So, and I just like to smash it. Like the, like the shake and bake. Have you heard of that? That terminology? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I, I just crush it and then hopefully they'll pop it up and then my partner or I will just smash it. So that's what I do. And my sister and I, when we play together, she's really good at the soft shot, third shot, drop. So she will set me up and then I'll go up and just take care of that problem. (laughs) So 
So that's my best attribute is power. Well, that's actually an interesting strategy because just about everybody I talk to on the podcast and nowadays, you know, really talks about the soft game. But I, I can see how it'd be yeah. complimentary if your partner's really good at that. And she's very good at that. And I always trust my partner and I'll just say, okay, like I'm I'm just gonna run it up because I know what you're gonna do. You're gonna do you're gonna drop it and I'm gonna I'm gonna crush it. So that it it works pretty good for me. It's a good strategy. Same with last year when I won the gold here in Traverse City. My partner, he's so good. He would just set me up and I'd crush it or I'd set him up and it, that's just we're just a power game. So I can you know, I can just, dink. I will dink if I have to, but I prefer just to smash it. <laughs> so I, I can definitely describe your game as being aggressive. It is very much so. Yes. Now you do a lot of teaching. How do yes. you teach players when the typical pickleball game, drop shot and dinking is a strategy for most people, but you're not particularly good at that. So how does that work? Well, first of all, I specialize in beginners and intermediate. I love beginners. And I have a lot of people, a lot of people that I know that teach, they're like, oh, I don't know. I can't, it's so hard. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just love it. So I basically go, I don't have to get into that as much. But then later on, when they start to grow, I'll be like, okay, you can drop the shot. And then there's different aspects of it. Like if you miss the drop, you got to stay back. And I'll teach them that, but I'll also teach them whatever works best for them. I mean, I've heard people say, oh, you can't do this and you can't do that. And I'm like, you can do anything you want as long as you get the point. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of the drop shot. And That's so why do you preference? Why do you enjoy teaching the beginners so much? Uh, I love people that show just the enthusiasm that they have. And I tell people when they step on the court, I'm like, look, if you stay with this game, it's going to change your life. You're going to work out. You're going to be healthy. You're going to meet people. You're going to, it's just amazing. So I like to just see I like to teach them. I can get them up and running in about 20 minutes. Like I've done it so long and so many people. I get them going and then I just like the enthusiasm and I like to see, like it's interesting to me, I'll see someone who's really good and they'll never come back. And then I'll see someone that, well, maybe they should, you know, (laughs) do something else. They come back and they're there every day. Work. I just really love to see who gets who gets hooked on the game. I, it's just amazing to me. And I like to watch them grow. So that's, I just love beginners. Interesting. I, in terms of the Pickleball Fire website, I definitely have a lot of people who are looking to start playing and who are beginners. So I can definitely relate that that's a part of my base. I, with the podcast, that might be a little bit different, but I enjoy the beginners too. Oh, they're amazing. It's just, and it, the stories, the people that come into my office and it's changed their life. And I, and I'll have somebody just walk in and stand there and I go, look, if you pick up this paddle and ball and you go out there and like this, this is going to change your life. It has helped people lose weight. It has helped them battle depression. It has helped them meet their significant others uh, friends, I said, you will just, it, it'll open up every positive door in your life. I, I agree yeah. wholeheartedly. It is a great game. I definitely was addicted from the 
minute I played, but let's go ahead and switch gears for a minute because I know not only do you play pickleball, play in tournaments and teach, but you also have your pickleball outfitters business. If you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Yep. I started that about 12 years ago and I had, I got a van and I put pickleball outfitters all over it. And you can imagine 12 years ago, what the comments that I would get, even when telling my father, oh, yeah, I'm going to do pickleball for a living. And he's like, what? Because nobody knew about it. So I started selling out of my car and I would go, you know, and we didn't have very many courts here. Now we have just courts everywhere. And so it was slow starting, slow process. I sold balls and bags and I made the Dinkit logo. I am, you know, created that with the hats and I had some shirts and the stay out of the kitchen shirt that I eventually sold to Pickleball Central. But, you know, I just did that. And then the Y hired me and they had an office that they let me convert to a pro shop, which is fabulous for me because I was working with the Y and also independently outside. So in the winter I would go and I'd work there. So now I have a pro shop. So brick and mortar, which is important for some of my paddle sales. So now I uh, care. I tell people I only carry what I like and believe in as far as paddles are concerned. I have shoes and bags and hats, and it's not a very big office, but it's enough for me. And it's and I don't do any online. I have a website, but I don't really do much with that because I'm just a party of one. So I do as much as I can with the teaching and selling and that and playing in tournaments or just playing myself. So, Well, I really like that philosophy that you just sell what you believe in. Do you want to share yes. which pickleball paddle brands you carry? Yeah, I Selkirk. Love them. They have really taken off and done a fabulous job in the last few years. At the beginning, they had a couple of rough spots with some paddle issues, but then they just turned it around and they have every, I have one paddle that uh, the, the Epic, and I'll say to people, they come in, I say, every single person that tries this buys this. And they're like, really? I go, yeah, just try it. And they do. And they love it. And I've had people try They come up to me, they had a great story. I had a, a good pickleball friend. She said, Carolyn, it's my birthday and I want to buy a paddle. I go, all right, Mary, buy this, you know, try this Epic, see, see what you think. So she did. And with two or three days, two or three people came up to me and they said, what did you give Mary Burke? <laughs> what? She heard the game has changed. I said, yeah, I'm telling you, it's a great paddle. So I love them as well. I also love paddle tech. Paddle Tech is, is what I use. I like the TS5 because it has power. I will not change. I will not go use any other paddle. I've had some companies say, hey, if you, you know, wear the hat and play with the paddle, we'll give you the, all this. I won't do it because I love Paddle Tech. They stand behind their product. I've known Curtis for years. He, he runs it. Their quality is great. Their customer service is great. And their paddles change and are updated. So. I like those two at this time, since it's been, I've been shut down for six months, almost I've, I'm sticking just with that right now because of my, I don't want too much product yet, but I plan to go to engage after the lockdown, if that makes any sense. No, it, it does. And I think though, I agree. Those are three of the best 
pickleball paddle manufacturers out there. And I, I play with an Engage Encore Pro. So I highly mm-hmm. recommend that. And I have a lot of people I know who play with the new thicker paddle, the 6.0 series. Yeah. Yeah. I just want, like I say, I'm not big into the soft game. So I want power. And the TS5 has just, I said, if somebody pops that ball up, I got to take care of that. If it's this level, you got to put it away. So that's why, like the, some of the paddles have, you know, they've toned it down for the softer game, but I need the, I need the power in my particular personal game. All right. Well, great. So just to finish up here, if anybody wants to reach out, where should they contact you? They could, they could go to pickleballoutfitters.com and there's a contact customer, uh, a form that you can contact me. Like I say, I don't sell any product. It's just information. Or then call me personally, 231-499-8852. That's my business phone. And, uh, or email me at pickleballoutfitters at gmail.com. Alrighty. Well, it was great to have you on the podcast. This was a real change of pace since you're really talking about a very aggressive game, which like I said earlier, you don't hear that much about. So again, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, you you bet. That's just what I like. And that's what I do. And, you know, there's I just like I say, just go out and have fun and play your game. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. 